Welcome to Beyond the Shelf. I'm Dawn. And I'm Jenny. And today we are proud to present to you uh, part one of our local author interviews, the authors that we spoke to at our local author festival that happened on March 11th. So this is part one. And if you uh, want to hear more interviews, listen to part two. Hello, good morning. Hi, good morning, Donna Jenny. Thank you for having me today. <laughs> so this is Jordan Antonino. Am I saying that right? You got it. <laughs> awesome. Um, and Jordan, this is your second time with us at our author festival. Yes, I had a really nice time last time, so I'm looking forward to being here again. All right. Can you tell us a little bit about what you write? Um, I write um, urban fantasy. It's a really fun genre to write, and um, I just have fun writing. Oh, good, good. Do your stories take place in Ohio? Yes, actually, uh, awesome. I created a fictional city in Ohio, so I kind of base it more around the city I live in. Mm-hmm. So that was um, I got some inspiration from there. Oh, that's wonderful. I love reading books that take place in Ohio, and I'm mm-hmm. like, I've been there, or I've heard of that, and that just always is fun for me. All right, and they say write what you know, and yes. if you know the city you <laughs> live in, right? <laughs> So do you have a new book that you've brought with you today? Because I know you had one last year. I am, unfortunately did not, but I am in the process of writing a second book. Okay. I only have like six or seven, at least uh, seven chapters written. So, <laughs> Okay, what is your next book called? It's going to be called Leaked Rewritten. So okay. it is also an urban fantasy, so it'll be a sequel okay. to the first book. Awesome. That's great. That's awesome. Uh, do you have any favorite books that you think are underappreciated? You know what? I don't really have a favorite because it's so hard to choose just one. <laughs> this is true. That's like the rule. They say never ask a librarian their favorite book. Maybe yeah. don't ask a writer, too. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's so hard. Um, I can name a few books I've really enjoyed reading the last few, the last few years. Uh, I definitely enjoyed reading a significant series by Shelley Crane. Um, I also enjoy reading a selection series by Kira Cass, mm. and I'm really actually enjoying reading the Witcher series uh, that I'm reading now. I have no idea how to pronounce the author's name, but I just know it's a Polish author. Right. I think so it's... It's a it Netflix s- series. Right. Yeah. Yes. Sapowski? Something, Something like, like that. that. <laughs> All the Witcher fans are going to come for us. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> it's good if we mess up and they can tell us and we can fix it later. <laughs> sure. <laughs> And then um, one more question. Do you have a favorite book in your genre that you have ever read, though? I wouldn't say, hmm, again, it's hard to choose this one. <laughs> yeah. Do you, would you have a favorite author besides yourself in the urban fantasy world? <laughs> uh, um, you know what? I really enjoy reading the um, Fallen series by Lord Kate. Okay. Awesome. Thanks for being here today, Jordan. And I hope we have a lot of people come by for you. And um, we are planning to have this every year. So we'll hopefully see you next year with your new book. Hopefully so by then. Yes. (laughs) I actually just started a um, new job over the summer. So I'm really preoccupied with that too. So Mm -hmm. I'm taking some time away from that. But I'm trying to get back on track. Well, maybe today we'll get you inspired. Hopefully so. It's be nice to meet other local authors here as well. Yes. So. Yes. Thanks for coming. Thank you. All right. Okay. So we have with us now Dan and Mary Arman, who are married mm-hmm. and both authors, which is fun. A lot of writing happening in your house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very good. How long have you individually been writing? I mean, you go first. I, 
Well, writing since I was 12, published since 2007. Okay. Now, if you're just saying professionally, um, let's see here. Uh, I, my first full-time job as a writer was actually at the uh, Orville Journal as a newspaper reporter. That was back in 1996. So, um, math. Um, for tw 27 years, um, but as a fiction writer, I've been working, um, I had my first story published about that time period, 1996-1998, uh, but I didn't really start publishing any novels until about 2015. And you both do sort of fantasy? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I'm, you know, I'm a little more sci-fi, and she's a little bit more of the fantasy and mm -hmm. other things. She does other genres, mm -hmm. so sort of like the Osmonds, you know. I'm a <laughs> bit, she's a little bit country, I'm a little bit rock and roll. Yeah. Do you have a song prepared for us today? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. So I think I asked you this downstairs, but I want to ask for our audience: How did you guys meet? We met online. Yeah, on but, Plenty of Fish. Uh, yeah, and but then very quickly we realized we were both writers, and mm -hmm. so we had a lot in common. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Well, I mean, his first message to me was, your profile spoke to me. So I knew instantly. Like, wow. Yeah. yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> so how long have you been married? Almost seven years. It'll be seven years this August. Do you guys write full time? I do. Yeah, I, He's I, also a I teach, so I oh. do this kind of on the side. I teach out of my home, uh, oh. technically. It's, it's an online school called Odella, and so I teach high school English to kids all over the state. So, Dan, tell us about your book. It's, it's a series of books, correct, based on yeah. a character. Yeah. So give us a little... It's officially intro. called the Night Maiden series, and if you can imagine Joan of Arc as Necromancer, you'll know the general story of Puchel. And uh, it started off with a trilogy, um, and then a friend of mine kept badgering. Another author uh, said, hey, you should do an anthology of stories. It's, and I said, nah, I don't know if I want to do that. And then he said, uh, that's where the money's at. And I was like, I'm pretty sure you're wrong about that. <laughs> but uh, after a couple times of you know, like asking me to do that, I, I just wanted to keep him quiet. I said, <laughs> I just thought of the dumbest title I could think of, which was uh, Commentary Monaro Go to the Library. Uh, so it's plausible enough, but stupid enough that you know he would just look at me and go, "Okay, Ben, <laughs> do whatever." <laughs> and but then when I got home after that, the characters actually started talking to me and saying, "Hey, that's a great idea. You left us, you know, in a bad situation <laughs> after the trilogy." And I said, "Fine, fine, fine. I'll write a, I'll write a book." So and that became Commentary Minora Go to the Library, and then that spawned a sequel, and then uh, one standalone novel. So there's like six books so far in the series. So Mary. You've written, I know you've written several mm -hmm. books. Do you have one particular, ones that you're kind of focusing on right now, a series or a set that you're... Currently writing a new series under my old pen name, uh, Rose Wuthering. It's uh, basically a backstory of a cyborg immortal queen. A cyborg and... Immortal queen. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, so this question is for like both of you. So what do you find the most difficult about writing about a character of the opposite sex? Hmm. Well, I, I didn't I write know. a lot of female characters to begin with. Like my first books were very male centric because mm -hmm. uh, I thought, well, I, I don't know how to do that. Have you ever seen the, heard of the lamppost test? I think it's, it's the lampshade or lamppost <laughs> yeah. test where you, if you can replace your female character with a lamppost, you haven't done it right, mm -hmm. you know? So it really comes down to writing a, a female character with initiative. But then a lot of times I will incorporate elements of 
Mary into a lot of my characters. I have a character, her name is Ruby, and I think she shares a lot of qualities with Mary, you know, except for the fact that she's not shy. She's not shy. <laughs> I actually don't have a problem writing male sex. Um, most of my strongest characters are actually male characters, and it's always been that way, well, especially my fantasy. This book is almost all male. And what is the title of the book? Tie in the Blood Fairy Prince and Tie in the Blood Fairy King. Oh, and it's basically a werewolf, yeah, a teen a, werewolf and a fairy go on a road trip to save humanity. Yes. And if, go to prom. Yes. So <laughs> I'm course. a fan of Supernatural, so I took the idea of two brothers taking a road trip to save the world. And I thought, well, okay, what if they weren't brothers? And wow. then their main goal is to save humanity and go to prom. Before they go save humanity and go to prom. Yeah. I yeah. love it. I feel like that is the goal of most people. You know, <laughs> I would too would like, like to. So. Yeah. This is your first time coming to our author event, yes. correct? Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. And um, so we hope that you'll come next year oh, as well. Yeah, it's awesome. so wonderful that you joined us. Um, so this this one that you're working on is it going to be a trilogy? Is it going to be the a new series? one? Is going to be a full series? It's about an immortal, so it can go on and on. Um, a series yeah. of novellas, I think, would be the best way because I can knock them out quickly. Brilliant. And Dan, you're just going to keep going until you've decided you've had enough with these characters. <laughs> yeah, I, I like I said, I don't know if this is the end for them uh, because I killed off my necromancer, um, so that's a problem. Uh, but, Spoiler. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, I tell people, hey. I told you it was Joan of Arc. Right. Right? You know Joan of Arc, what happens, you know. So that's not really the surprise. Mm-hmm. Um, there are other things that may be surprising. That's yeah. exciting. Yeah. You just well, have a lot of fun with yeah. writing, too, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. Well, yeah. thanks for joining us Thank today. Yeah, we you. really appreciate awesome. it. And we look forward to seeing you guys next year. Thank you. Well, thanks. Okay, now we're talking with Michelle L. Brooks. Michelle is a local author here in Orville. Um, so, Michelle, please tell us a little bit about your genre and book that you've written. The book that I wrote is called Or Cemetery, Reflections of the Past, Chiseled in Stone. It's about the founders of Orville, the people that are buried in Orville's technically first cemetery, not as well known as, say, Crown Hill. Mm-hmm. And you had to do, I'm assuming, a lot of research. About five years' worth of research, because mm-hmm. um, the book is a little different Uh, from most cemetery books in the aspect that it will not only tell you where you can find a birth record, a death record, an obituary, but it also will tell you if there's a discrepancy between any one of those three methods of verification on on a said person. So how did you get into researching this particular topic? Oh, I'm going to have to blame my grandma. (laughs) In the early 90s, uh, she kind of got me doing family research, history. Um, long story short, she's like, hey, you know, have you ever been down to the old cemetery? I'm like, what old cemetery? She's like, you know, the one by the high school. I'm like, no. So we get down there, and I'm looking around. I'm looking at some of these um, different headstones and thinking, you know, wow, who are these people? Why are they here? What, you know, what, what did they do? And then I happened to notice that, you know, some of the names were similar with different buildings, um, like the Orville Savings Bank. Mm -hmm. And then there's the Orr's and Smith's in the old cemetery. Your book, is it, it has photographs as well as? It does. A verbiage? Okay. Yeah. Um, Only of the headstones. Did you take the pictures? I did. 
Okay. And have you, are you writing anything else or any other Orville history type of, of book? Um, I actually have a lot of Orville history and um, the difference where I'm at right now is, is that I utilize uh, online more so than I do putting it in a written form. I do have a book that I'm going to be donating in memory of Scott Lacey who was at, uh, worked at Crown Hill and provided me with the old Orville burial and removal permits back say 1900s like 1911 to I think it's about 1915 or 16. So when you were doing your research did you utilize the library to find any of the information? The library was a blessing and the reason I'm going to say that is, is because when I first started really getting into this there wasn't ancestry or family search oh, or mm -hmm. You know, I mean, it was really you had to go to the courthouse, go to the library, spend hours looking at microfilm. It just was not something that the internet was very popular mm -hmm. at that time. And not as accessible even that at that too. point, yeah. So how many years did it take you to actually pull all these records together and, and do your book? Uh, probably seven. Okay. Now, mm -hmm. the that being said, the benefit of that is is that not only while I was collecting the information for uh, the people at the old cemetery, but I also collected the same information for the people that are buried at Crown Hill. So I've been trying to get it all together, and I have donated a lot of that to the Orville Public Library. Mm -hmm. Well, thanks for joining us, Michelle. We hope that you had fun today, and we look forward to what you are going to come up with in the future. Thank you. So this is Doug Brown. I am Doug Brown. And Doug is an eclectic individual, an athlete, a writer, a speaker. Is that right? That's correct. Right. As far as athletes go, so you you are or you were a professional no, skateboarder? No, I still am. Still are. I that a lot. It's been my 20th year. I thought it would last two or three years. And mm -hmm. It's my living. Sponsors pay me. I do events. I mean, yes, I do all this other side stuff, but skateboarding is the core of my uh, living, I guess. I mean... I never signed up for it. Even the title, Pro Skaters, like Superhero or something weird, it, it always kind of made me almost feel uncomfortable in the beginning because it's like, what? You know, like. Who really does that as a living? Yes. I'm not <laughs> some like high profile Tony Hawk guy, but when it did, you know, I'm paying my bills doing this, working for these companies. So, Doug, let's talk a little bit about some of the books you've read. Read. I'm read? sorry. You've probably read a lot. How about the ones you've read? Do you want to start with Dr. Seuss? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, how about the ones you've written? Like, written. are you are they like memoirs or what? Yeah, I have okay. seven different books that I've put out, which is crazy. I mean, my biography. I've written two biographies. Mm -hmm. That's what started it. And then I did a self-help book, an advice book for teens, three kids books. Okay. So what are the kids books about that you write? I have a uh, Christmas book was my first kids book, mm -hmm. which was The Skater's Night Before Christmas. That book took off, which was, I was excited about. It was in Thrasher Magazine. Which I had an artist named Carissa Engel. She did the artwork for that. Mm -hmm. And so come time to do my other kids' books, I wanted to not really hire anybody. As great as she did, I did my own artwork. did an ABC book and then my Jumpin' Pumpkins Halloween book. So if you can't be on your board, is that like just another outlet for you to, to be writing or drawing or yes i'm very artistic i started off in my youth in the theater tom sawyer i was nine years old or so and that's what planted the seed of 
being a performer, doing something out of the box. That led into being in bands. And you're and a musician. Play. You have a CD as yes, well. Yes, I, I used to teach guitar before I was a pro skater <laughs> in the 90s. He Just says it with such pro pride. Skater, like, whatever. Well, skaters. as far as this Doug Brown character, which I've always been, but... And then the whole pro skater thing fell into my lap in 2002. The Gravity Games, making a long story short. You know, I never thought I'd be in this position. Mm-hmm. And it didn't happen overnight by any means, but the ball kept rolling. That's great and all, but I knew there was no shortage of great skateboarders, which I've never considered myself a great skateboarder. But I knew that I wanted to do something other than just skateboarding while I'm doing it. To embrace being a mentor, that's number one. Doing outreach whilst doing the whole skateboard. I'm still doing it here. That's why I'm here today. That connection happens, and that's what it's all about. In your school visits or your library visits, have you had any particularly memorable interactions with students? Oh, tons. I go out there, and it never fails, because boom, I do my thing, I come out, and I speak for 45 minutes, whatever, but I reach them, and that connection happens. I'm very empathetic in my speaking, because I remember being, let's say, like a seventh grader, and having somebody come in and talk, and like, I didn't want to be that. Mm -hmm. There's a place for that. It's great. It's noble, but I wanted to be the assembly that I wish I had. And afterwards, I always do, like, the questionnaire thing. And I sign stuff, but that's when they really come up to me and tell me a story like, oh, man, I read your book, and I was suicidal or whatever, and because of your book, you know, I changed my ways. I did a 180, and I get so much feedback like that. That's the paycheck in my life and mm-hmm. makes it all worthy. Well, thanks, that. Doug. Oh, no problem. We really appreciate you coming. This is your second year coming to the library. Yes, it is. Thanks for having me. All right. Rock and roll. We'll see you guys. Thank thanks. you. Thank Take you. Care. You too. <laughs> Hello, we're here with Dawn Dagger. Dawn is a young adult author. You write a few different genres. Yes, I kind of dabble in what I like to call every genre, but I mean, I have like three main ones. I like to do high fantasy, young adult romance, and then urban fantasy, like middle grade portal fantasy, where it's just people like going into magic places sort of things. Oh, Narnia. Yes, yeah. Awesome. That sort of stuff. That's yep. great. Yeah. How did you get started in writing? I've been writing for like as long as I can remember. When mm-hmm. I was six, I wrote a little picture book about like Santa Claus um, for like everybody's birthday. I would write them like a individual story that I would illustrate, and it just kind of went from there. I never stopped. So, And then in 2017, I self-published my first book, which was My British Bear. So how many books have you published on? So far, uh, I have... Six self-published books, a, a trilogy of sci-fi with a Amazon best-selling author. We co-wrote that. My young adult romance, a high fantasy pirate novel, the anthology that goes with that, and then I have short stories published in one or two different anthologies with different authors. Wow, that's fun. Yeah, that's great. And we found, and I just found out today that Dawn is also a local library worker. I am. So we're very excited that you ventured over to Wayne County to join us here oh, at yeah. Oracle today. Yes, I love visiting other libraries. And libraries were a big part of my childhood. Like, that's where we went all the time. Like, I lived in libraries when I was little, so I love visiting them. So do you have any favorite authors or favorite books in any of the genres that you write? Of course you'd ask me that. I like lots of stuff. I really do. So let me think. I like a lot of high fantasy. I think my favorite high fantasy, there's a lot of them, but mostly indie authors. Mm -hmm. I like their high fantasy best. So there's one called Moonscript by um, H.L. Williams. And then for like the middle grade stuff, like like you said, Chronicles of Narnia is definitely my favorite. That's one of my biggest inspirations. Mm -hmm. Have you ever read Cinda Williams' Chima? 
I have. I got to meet her. Oh, yes, okay. yes. She was one of the people, her and Shelly Pearsall were kind of the people that I saw and I was like, okay, I'm going to do self-publishing now because I got to meet them and ask them questions and they mm-hmm. signed my book. And I was like, all right, this is the coolest thing ever. I'm doing this. Well, thank you, Dawn. Yay. I hope that a lot of people come through today. And I, I think I'll see you next week at yes. Maslin's yes. Book Fair. So, sure will. Yeah. Or, author event book fair I don't I think I went back to scholastic book fair and just thought <laughs> I was in school for a moment there but yeah. <laughs> the room of people and books yes yes, yes. thank you Dawn well, we are here now with Chrissy Hartman. Thank you, Chrissy, for joining us. Thank Chrissy you. was here last year as well, and we're excited that you decided to come back again for a yep. second year. I would, yeah, it was a great time last year. And I was wondering, last year you had one book, yeah. and I was wondering if you have a second book this year that you brought? Yes, okay. I did bring it. It's uh, Cherishing Whiskey Salvation. It's a novella to the uh, first book, so. oh, great. and I'm working on the third book for the series. So... so do you have like a goal of a number of books that you want for this series or is it just going to be when you decide um, you've had enough with whiskey you're going to move on to like rum I don't know no <laughs> <laughs> funny um uh this will probably be the the third one will probably be the last one for this one but it the characters some of them are going to carry over to the next series oh, okay and uh, this one's based in Texas the next one's going to be based in uh, Colorado so have you been to Texas and Colorado? I've been to Texas. I haven't. I've been Colorado a long, long time ago. But my uh, twin brother lives in Colorado, and it's. Um, um, I'm gonna base the series in Loveland, Colorado, and oh. he's in Fort Collins, which is about 14 minutes away. So, and I uh, got the idea before he moved there. Uh, my mom had a uh, uh, buckskin horse that uh, they had gotten from Loveland, Colorado. Are you going to be able to go visit to yeah. do some research? Yeah, yeah. We're, we're hoping to do that this next uh, uh, fall to go out there. I'd like to take a train trip out there, but eh, it might not fit in the budget. That'll be fun. Will yeah. you drive then? Or? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. I like to drive better than fly. So your book is a Western romance? Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Yep, it's a Western romance. Do you read a lot of romance books then? Yeah, and mm-hmm. it's it's funny too because I never had any intention of writing a Western one, but mm-hmm. it just kind of worked itself into there, and I was like, oh, yeah, you know, I would like wanted to pick a kind of a niche for the genre, mm-hmm. and, um, and I was like, oh, my character, she likes horses, she likes wearing cowboy boots, she likes cowboys, so let's go with the... <laughs> <laughs> Let's go with the cowboy theme. That's great. <laughs> just kind of so. wrote itself. Yeah, it did. It really did. And everything. So just trying to figure out the guy in the thing, and I had him more like a cowboy. So I was like, yeah, let's, yeah, this will work. And I know a number of cowboys too. So I'm getting their help on it and everything. So I got to ask just because I'm a huge uh, Christmas story fan, and I noticed on your jacket, on your lapel, you have. Uh, Ralphie in his Easter bunny costume. So are you a Christmas story fan? Oh, yeah. I love the Christmas stories. But um, I belong to the Wayne Novelist Guild, and um, there's a number of us women in there. I'm Well, there's another one. There's another lady that writes uh, romances, but all of us are big uh, 
Hallmark Christmas uh, movie fan. So we get together one Saturday and just spend the whole day watching, you know, Hallmark movies and and uh, the Christmas movies and stuff. So you eat and, cookies and hot chocolate. Oh yeah, and, yeah. Yep. We do, do, I mean, it's a it's a whole day thing. Do you get any inspiration from those movies or from other romance books for your story? Uh, yeah, sometimes I do, and sometimes I'm like, oh, that's you know, that's not exactly how I do it. I've got a very bad uh, memory at times, so unless I'm taking notes, I won't remember this stuff, but something might sneak in there from uh, another move, an idea and everything, but you know, you change it up to fit how your story goes. The romance readers are real particular. If you don't follow the format, uh, you're going to be in trouble with them and stuff. So. <laughs> that was not supposed to happen yet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly, and I've done mine just a little bit different and everything, but... Not, it doesn't stray too far from, from it and everything, but um, it all comes out with a happy ending, So, and that's the main requirement. You have to have a happy ending for a romance. So. Well, thank you so much for taking some time out this morning to talk to us. Oh, thanks. I really appreciate getting to come here again. Oh, so nice. I was looking forward to it. You guys are the first one I'll be doing this year and going to do a couple more throughout the year. So Good. Awesome. Good. Good start with this one. Have fun. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> This is Phyllis Lehman, and Phyllis is not an author. She is actually the subject of a biography memoir kind of thing about her husband, Dr. Elton Lehman, and that book is called House Calls and Hitching Posts. Mm -hmm. It was written by Dorcas Sharp Hoover, who mm -hmm. over the years has become a good friend of yours, hasn't she? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, can you tell us a little bit about how you and Elton got connected with Dorcas to write this book? Well, we had some other writers first, mm -hmm. and he sent it to the publishing, when publishing company, they said, you have a story, but not the right writer. Mm -hmm. So Dorcas came, he was a patient of my husband's, and he, she delivered, he delivered some babies from, for her, mm -hmm. and she had written a few books and about some missionaries in Guatemala, and when Elton read them, he said, I just felt I was right there. He, he just liked the book. Mm -hmm. So he asked her, he would tell stories, and then he asked her, could you, could you write the story about it? Well, I'd have to think and pray about it. So she did, and then she finally said, yes, she would. It took her about six years to write. When Elton gave speeches, he'd hold up Dr. Weaver's book about his book, and he wrote that in about six weeks, and this book took about six years. <laughs> well, they say, what is it, like, a good work takes time or something like that? Yeah. The There's a new release of the book that just came out. Is it this year or last year? It was uh, last fall. Mm -hmm. It was out of print, and they said, would you like to put in a new chapter? So Dorcas wrote a new epilogue and a new chapter 20 years later, mm -hmm. telling about how my son took over the practice and about... Elton's death in 2016, about Eli Stutzman's death, and about how we went to uh, the nickel mines in Pennsylvania, the mm -hmm. Amish people who lost children. Uh, the people in our book had lost children earlier, and they wanted them to come to visit them, and so we went with them to, to visit. And, and she has in it a lot about the nickel mines mm -hmm. families. Mm -hmm. I have had the pleasure of knowing you for a very long time here, about 10 years. Got to know Elton a bit before he had passed away mm -hmm. in 2016. I still have a memory of having lunch with you guys when you took me and my husband out and getting to know you 
And Phyllis is so funny because one day she just goes, have you read our book? You should read our book. I did. <laughs> you did. You know, <laughs> it was great. But it's such it's such an interesting story to read and uh, all the work that Elton it's did for the community. And he, you both, he was such a great like storyteller and person to talk to. And I always get a smile from talking with you. Do you want to hear a story we didn't have in the book? Absolutely. Tell us a story. Well, I would always I say, I'll tell this story because this is my favorite story that's not in the book. Well, a mommish man came and to Elton, they had a baby named Hezekiah. And he came and said, could we change the name of the baby? And Elton said, why do you want to change the name baby? Well, the bishop said it's calling too much attention to the baby, even though the grandfather was Hezekiah and Hezekiah is in the Bible. Well, Elton said, yeah, just go to the probate court and we can change the name of the baby. About six months later, he sees him again. He said, you never came in to, to change the name of the baby, did you? No. He said, we just changed churches. <laughs> I grew, well, I grew up in Dalton, and so um, I've kind of always been in the Wayne County area, and you could not come, be from here without hearing about Doc Lehman. Oh, is that Just, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it didn't matter if he was your primary physician or not. Everybody had a story or a memory about Doc Lehman. Mm-hmm. Always. Mm-hmm. Always. Well, thank you so much oh, for being here today you're since welcome. Dorcas couldn't be here. I know. She's yeah. not feeling well. Thank mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. All right. Hello. This is Max Eli Kelbley. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. i make sure I'm Hello. saying your name correctly. And you have written a book. It's called To Speak is to See. Is that yes. right? Mm-hmm. What does that mean? I just kind of came up with the name because it kind of it's a little bit more poetic uh, about what the book is about. The book mm-hmm. is about uh, learning languages in an effective and easy manner. And the reason I wanted to write this is because just going through the American education system, the way language learning is taught, it's just not effective to learning a language. So I noticed that my friends who are from different countries, different cultures, if they know another language, they know like four languages or, or like children, like they learn very easily, like they pick up languages very quickly. Um, mm-hmm. And I wanted to figure out why is that? Why are certain people able to do that and Americans struggle with learning languages? So I did the research and I found some different methods and of how to learn languages effectively and I've used them myself, and I've taken classes using these methods. Um, they're very effective. And to get to the title part, when you speak, when you speak a language, you begin to see um, a different way of looking at reality. Um, you get to see different people's experiences and different ways of understanding the same things. Uh, I think it's Charlemagne. He said, "To speak a second language is to have a second soul." It affects your exterior uh, way of living, like how you interact with other people, mm-hmm. but also affects your interior self. Um, and people that know a second language can attest to that because they'll start dreaming in multiple languages <laughs> or yeah. sometimes two languages at once. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. so Max, do you speak more than one language now? Uh, I'm only fully fluent in English, but I can speak a little bit of French and I know a little bit of other languages. Um, French is the main language I... I'm mostly fluent in the reading aspect, but mm-hmm. speaking is a little bit more difficult. Spanish, I think it's a little easier to pick up because it's a very phonetic language, so or how a letter is, is always it's always going to be that way. 
Um, whereas like French, it's like there's a lot of words that just like English that sound the same, but they can be completely different. So it's mm-hmm. kind of hard to mm-hmm. make that up. Well, I've heard that that <laughs> English <laughs> is like the hardest language to learn because be, yes. we have so many, like the word two, we have T-O, T-O-O, T-W-O. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. it, so it's very challenging from mm-hmm. my understanding. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Don, one of the other authors, he, was, uh, he brought up a good example of how like, the phrase Pacific Ocean, there's three C's in there, and each C is pronounced completely different. Yes. Mm-hmm. So are you planning <laughs> on writing any other books, Max? Yes. So I kind of want to move a little bit away from uh, language and move more towards um, symbolism and like Eastern Christian spirituality, focusing on like the Church Fathers and Desert Fathers and go more to spiritual uh, route. So you've traveled quite a bit as well. Yes. Especially more recent in more recent years, younger people do a lot more traveling. I know I've had friends who've mm-hmm. gone all over the world. Can you talk about some of the places that you've been or sure. some favorite places maybe that you visited? Yep. Most of the places I've been to are in Europe. The place that I stayed in the longest is Albania. I was there for two and a half weeks. You know, I've never met people that are more hospitable. Like they're very kind and uh, welcoming and they insistent on um, being uh, good hosts to you, um, even if they're not like your your house hosts like you know traveling is a very important part of my life and I encourage anyone um, who thinks they want to travel to go and try it out but also I would caution that oftentimes people including myself especially myself we want to travel to kind of the stereotypical you know find yourself sort of thing but oftentimes that we, we just need to find ourselves where we are at home before we go search the world mm-hmm my very first day in Albania, I saw a mural of uh, Mother Teresa and it said, if you want to change the world, go home and love your family. And mm. it was very impactful, but it was also kind of like humorous because I just got here and <laughs> I got the message that I needed to hear. <laughs> Thanks for joining us today, Max. I know this is your second time coming to the Orville event, author event. And so we do appreciate your coming and uh, taking the time to talk to us today, too. Thanks. Thank you. We had so much fun interviewing our authors, and we hope that you guys learned a lot about some of these local authors, and you'll be able to support them any way that you can. We have a lot of fun things coming up in April, and here's just a couple. So we are celebrating Earth Day on two Saturdays here in April. On the 15th, you can come and get three boxes of paper shredded. We'll have Sand Mandy shredding here in our parking lot, and you can Bring things that you need shredded, and they'll shred it on the spot. And then on the 22nd, there's lots of things happening. There's free trees being handed out. Those were donated. Free seeds being handed out. Our seed exchange is continuing. And we'll also have a gardening talk from the Ohio Victory Gardens. And, of course, there's children's activities that day. And then our biannual book sale is coming up. It is going to run from Thursday, April 20th to Saturday, April 22nd. That always takes place downstairs. Just come and look through our books and buy them all so we don't have to worry about it later. (laughs) That's great. No, we have a lot of great things, donations and things that um, aren't really moving in our collection that get to go into the book sale. And there's always good deals, of course. You can always check out our website for more activities and events happening at the library for story time information, book club, cookbook club, any of that. Just go onto the library website and look at our calendar. And as always, thanks for joining us. 
I'm Jenny. And I'm Dawn. And we hope to see you at the library soon. Thank you.